Welcome to episode 48 of Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, a global communication skills training organization. Brand is built from the inside out. So if you want a strong brand, focus on internal communication first. My guest, Pam Nemec, is the founder and CEO of Inside Out, where she helps executives build leadership and communication systems. In this episode, we chat about the importance of focusing not only on what you say, but also how, where, and when. We discuss how to identify the various layers of your audience and why you should strive for reasonable. I hope you enjoy. Pam, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Scott, for inviting me on. I can't wait to talk about uh, the communication industry and how folks can improve their own skills. Definitely looking forward to it. It's such an important topic because it really does impact every aspect of our life, whether it's at home with family or at work with colleagues, working on a big project, whatever it is, communication and communication skills, definitely going to play a big part of that. So to kick us off a little bit, Pam, why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about you, your journey, and really what it is that you're doing today. Okay. Well, I um, started my journey about 30 years ago, actually, and graduated with a degree in mass communication and a minor in writing. So I always knew that this would be uh, the direction I wanted to go. And honestly, I've had kind of a, a unique path to where I ended up. Started as a um, PR director um, for a children's home and worked through various jobs, but I ultimately landed at a large corporation where I started as a marketing manager, um, but I worked my way through the organization and ended up as the um, senior vice president of HR, brand communications, and brand culture for a restaurant brand that had about Oh, 900 restaurants. We were in 13 states. Um, and of course, we had multiple um, offices um, also scattered about. Excellent. So coming out of a, a communications and writing background, going into PR, then marketing, and then ultimately into HR and culture. Yeah. Communication plays such a big part in all of those. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation. And I would imagine throughout that time, you've experienced some great communicators, some not so great communicators. But when yes. you think about it, you know, when you hear the term or you hear that somebody is a really strong communicator, what's the image that comes to mind for you? I think my image is probably a little different than others. And that's probably due to the perspective that I have in the career journey that I've had. Um, and that is, I think that the best communication people out there are those that understand that in everything that you're doing, you're promoting your brand. You're promoting it inside your organization or you're promoting it outside your organization. And for me, I, I managed and led all of the internal efforts for communication. So meetings and events, um, all the leadership messaging, newsletters, uh, all of those things that you that you think about when you're thinking about your employees and their experience. Um, we we created a lot of different fun events for people to be part of that were cultural based. Um, so that aspect, I was always thinking about 
the employees. And what do the employees need from leadership? What do they need to better do their jobs? What do they need to better understand the vision for the company? What do they need to understand their role in it, in that pursuit? And how do we inspire them to want to do it? And I think that's the most important aspect of communication. Um, you're not just translating information. You are you are inspiring people with it. Um, and then I also had the opportunity to lead social media, public relations, community relations. So the connection between the inside of your organization and the outside of your organization is so critical. And if you can tap into the power of your culture to promote it to your customers, it becomes something really special. And building the platforms you need to do that, building the processes and systems you need to, to lead that way, um, you'll start to see that your brand is built from the inside out. And, and if you can understand that as a communicator, and you can help your leaders understand that, everything you do becomes a competitive advantage mm -hmm. um, in your industry. And so that's, to me, what uh, makes a strong communication person, someone who can think of it as, I'm not just communicating information, I am building a brand here. And that is a, an important, important aspect for me. The brand component is, is really interesting. And from, from my company, Communispond, our perspective, one of our core values is practice what we teach. We're a communication yes. skills training organization so that if our internal communications are a, are a mess or even worse, if our external communications, whether it is somebody from sales, like the messaging that they're putting out or our marketing messaging or logistics or billing, whatever it is, every single time we interact with a client or potential client, that's part of our overall brand especially as a communication skills training organization. So I, I love this idea of with communication, you build your brand. Yeah. And the other thing that I heard there was, yeah, as you're talking about, you're always, you were focused on the employees, right? Building that experience for them. And you know, the parallel to say communication skills really is your audience. A great communicator always focuses on their audience. What's going to be important to them what are they looking to get out of this? And then messaging appropriately, because that will ultimately build the culture. And you've hit on culture a little bit here. Yes. I don't know if there's anything else you want to kind of share, just some, some really maybe some tangible things that you did as you were thinking about using these communication internal tools and messages to reinforce and build the culture. Yeah, I think that, um, well, obviously I'm a big believer in building a, a really strong culture because what I've seen is if you can get the inside of your organization right, the outside begins to take care of itself. And I think people know that. And I think people would say they would nod their head in agreement and say that that's true. However, what they, they stop short of in many cases is especially in growing organizations, ones that are, are scattered throughout multiple states or in multiple locations, that what they stop short of is really building the system needed mm. 
in order to create that um, thread that needs to be pulled through to that customer. Um, so, so what I what I teach and what I talk about are the elements that are needed in order to build those platforms, to build those systems, to build those processes that bring the vision of your culture to life. If you don't know what kind of culture you really want to create, then how do you get there? Mm-hmm. How do you know when you've even arrived at that destination? And and in order to do that, you've got to determine, okay, what platforms am I going to need in order to communicate to my organ to this organization? Um, what kind of messages do we need to be sharing? What is the cadence for that? Um, who's the messenger? And how do you start to develop a process and a system that is happening on a daily, weekly, quarterly, annual basis that is sharing the information that your organization needs in order to become um, remarkable either inside or outside the organization? And mm-hmm. And I think that um, that's a a difficult part of um, building a larger corporation is you have to fit somebody, you have to fit that communication team into every aspect of the organization. They have to know and understand the business um, to a point that they can offer advice, they can offer guidance, and then they can also turn around and build those communication um, aspects of of the uh, that, that they each of those departments might need. Um, I found that when we did our best work, we were very much embedded into the project. We were very embedded into the organization. We were in the meetings. We were in the conversations, and we were able to understand things um, at a level that really provided better guidance to the leaders and to those who needed the the actual communication to go out. Um, instead of just taking orders and saying, okay, tell me what you need and then go off, write it, come back and present it. We sat in the room and we had to be sometimes bold, um, Mm -hmm. a little courageous, um, push back a little bit and say, "I, I know that that's what you're wanting to say, but let's think about these other aspects. Mm -hmm. Let's think about the audience not just because there's never one audience. People st- people right. have a tendency to um, want to placate the the loudest voice in the room um, or the loudest opinions in the room. And I think going back to your initial question, what makes a great communicator um, is when you can be objective and you can step back and hear and understand all the different perspectives, all the different opinions um, without putting your own personal bias in it mm-hmm. and say, know your customer, know your audience, and then develop the best response or the best communication um, in order to move, move um, past whatever issue you might be facing. One of the things that you said that really stood out to me was most people will nod their head and agree. Culture is very important. Yes, we all want to have a great culture at our organization, but they fall short of putting the processes and systems in place to do that. 
and you know, oftentimes we'll say here is that communication or the communication skills that we teach, they're common sense, but they're not common practice. Everyone, you yes, be sure to be a great communicator. You want to write effectively, do this, do whatever it might be, but they don't do it. So really right. making sure that you put the systems in place to accomplish that is important. And it yeah. really segues nicely into what I wanted to talk about next are, you know, some of the skills that go along with that. You talked a lot about building the the systems, the processes, the cadence of getting the message out, but mm -hmm. there's really some skill that goes around to getting effective messaging. You know, obviously you need to make sure you're doing it frequently and on the right cadence and getting it to the right audience and focusing there. But when you think about the skills that go along with developing a compelling narrative or using stories to really help drive those points home, what have you seen throughout your career that's really been successful from kind of the skill perspective of messaging? I think as far as developing those messages and and, and in my experience, um, I go back to your ability to build relationships, to build trust among the people that are going to have um, insight into the topic that you're at, being asked to communicate. Um, and I know that's, you know, probably a unique way to, to explain it, but I, I just feel like those relationships matter uh, more than even your, your hard skills as a communicator. Mm -hmm. If you can't walk into a room of multiple leaders um, or others that are, are there as part of the uh, project or the communication that needs to go out and you don't immediately um, have trust with those, with that team, that they can be very honest with you about whatever might be an issue um, that be, might be going on, whether that's PR or whether that is, um, you know, something that is maybe going to hit wrong in the organization, something that mm -hmm. might feel a little controversial, might feel a little, um, it's a difficult message to share. You know, and I, I think we've probably all been in that situation where we're, we're having to share something that isn't necessarily going to um, feel good to the organization. When those situations occur, you need to be able to have very open and candid and honest conversations with the people that are giving you these messages that are telling you to just go communicate that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's important that you have a relationship with that, that person. It's someone who trusts you, um, who trusts your instincts, who trusts your insight into the organization because you 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 are you have built that within the company. Um, so that when you speak and when you give that advice, they listen. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that is built over time. And I think it's built by being reasonable um, in your conversations. Um, I used to, I used to joke um, all the time. I was like, look, we're never going to be able to please everyone with a message. Okay. Right. Somebody is always going to feel like we should have done it differently. So let's appeal to reasonable. Let's appeal to what is reasonable in this circum under these circumstances or in this situation. What is a reasonable message? What is a reasonable way to deal with this and I think that that has definitely helped um, me develop messages that I felt were appropriate for the company, 
appropriate for that situation. And everybody felt respected in that because Mm -hmm. we were able to talk through it. We were able to understand all sides of that situation. And we were able to build a a message that um, felt respectful to all. Having that relationship is really important. I think it helps move you from a very transactional check the box type of conversation. Okay. Okay. Here's the message. Here's what you want. Here's who, okay, good. Got it. I'll go mm-hmm. off to my office and write it up to a much more consultative approach to where you're a partner with them in this. You want to make sure we're getting the absolute best outcome for it. And to build that trust in the relationship, as you mentioned, it happens over time. A lot yes. of that's going to come through the types of questions that you're asking. And I think the context that you provide along with that question. So yeah, I want to ask you X, Y, and Z, you know, the reason I'm asking is this, and that's where a lot of people falter there. They'll just kind of rattle through almost like a quick interview of the questions, but they won't take the time to provide the context as to why they're asking the question and how it's ultimately going to impact that communication. Right. And remember, I mean, Scott, I bet you in your career at way back, think back to when, but I'm thinking back when I was 25 years old, starting mm-hmm. out, I was transactional in the way I approached things. I, because I, I didn't fully understand um, what I was, what, what kind of power you have with communication. And um, over time though, I, I, I began to realize that, you know, in everything I do, remember I'm building a brand. We're, I'm building mm-hmm. a brand. I'm, I'm I'm establishing its reputation either inside or outside this organization, and you have to protect that and you have to promote that. And I think that you can. It's okay that you start as a transactional communicator. Mm-hmm. That's a normal part of the process of growth. But over time, you do need to become more of a consultant. You do need to become um, a trusted partner in the room someone that they go, I'm not moving. I'm not doing anything until I get Scott in here. Mm-hmm. I need Scott's opinion. I need Scott's insight. He understands this organization. He understands what people are going to think and how they're going to feel about this message. Um, he understands the customer. How's the customer going to take that? Because anything you communicate inside your organization is very easily going to get outside your organization. So always make Absolutely. sure those two things match. Um, and I just think that's that's what makes the difference in your your traje- trajectory um, as a person in communications. Um, you have to you have to be that person they want in the room not the person that they're everybody's rolling their eyes like, oh my gosh, I got to invite <laughs> Pam again. You know, um, you, you need somebody, you need to be that person people trust um, that's reasonable, that can mm-hmm. offer perspective, that can um, have the courage to speak up if they're going the wrong direction mm-hmm. and in a respectful way. Um, and also have the patience to allow people to work through all the scenarios Um the first answer is usually not the best answer um, is what I've learned sometimes the hard way. Um, I, I, I tend to be somebody that wants to get, get to the answer quickly. And I've had mm-hmm. to learn to hold on, listen to what others have to say um, and really peel back that onion because that first, that first message, that first um, inclination is usually not thorough enough 
And you need to dig a little deeper and really start to understand the whole situation mm-hmm. before you start communicating. Um, and I think that's that is, that would serve um, people well to do that. Um, and I think their messages would be much stronger and much better received. When it comes to communication, patience truly is a virtue. There are countless businesses and careers and deals that could have likely been saved or salvaged if people would have taken a pause, taken a breather, slowed down a little bit, perhaps gotten or received an outside opinion and had that culture where when they asked for the outside opinion, the person giving it felt comfortable disagreeing. And I, I read something a while ago, years ago, that has really resonated with me when it came to communication, especially emails, whether it's a broad one going out to you know, all staff, it's maybe something going out for press release or just one-to-one emails inside a business. It was, imagine this message being read aloud in court. How would you oh. feel about that? <laughs> and so it's always one of those things where people need to just give pause, review, yeah. take a breather, and you know, get those outside perspectives and ideally have people that they have a trusted relationship with where they can get their their perspectives. Yeah, and 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 something you just said is is so true because it's it's like we we realized very quickly that especially in a world of social media, TikTok videos, all the things that that can go out quickly, you have to realize that when you are writing something, you have to say, okay, I'm going to read this with the perspective of I'm in court or I'm going to read this with the perspective. I didn't maybe didn't go that far, but I, I to read it with the perspective of, okay, I'm, I'm the customer. Mm-hmm. I'm the customer and my customer is blue collar, hardworking um, male. How are they going to receive this message? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I'm the employee and I've been here only two years. Okay. I'm the employee who's been here 10 years. Okay. I'm the employee who's been here 20. Everybody will have a different perspective in the way they take that message. And if you can slow down and really realize that you're speaking not to one audience, you're speaking to multiple audiences when you consider the perspectives people have on the way they receive that message. And, and I think that's, um, it's hard to do. And like I mm-hmm. said, you're never going to please everyone, but you've got to get to reasonable, get to reasonable. And, and at that point, it's hard to argue with anything because it's a reasonable response. Um, nobody's perfect. And even when companies make mistakes and they do, um, they have to be able to respond in a way that feels like people go, that was a reasonable answer. And I understand why that happened. And I appreciate that apology. I appreciate that explanation. Mm-hmm. And and therefore, I'm going to continue to do business with them, right? Um, same goes for your employees and the culture that you're trying to build and the experience you want for them. Employees want the same respect. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to be respected. And, they, and, and the way you um, respect people is by communicating them in a way that feels like you've taken the time to care about that, that individual in the seat that's reading that. The concept of communicating to multiple audiences is critical. And 
oftentimes people think, okay, I, my audience is my employees. My audience is our potential customers or our current customers. But as you said, within those groups, there are so many segments and sub-segments mm -hmm. that you have to think about. So if you can get to reasonable, ideally you're going to have the most success because you'll be able to reach the broadest part of the audience and you're never going to make everyone happy all the time. So get to reasonable. I love that. Yeah. We, we've hit on a number of things already, Pam, just from throughout your experience in your career. But if you look back and had to pinpoint it down, or if I were to ask somebody that worked closely with you or knew you very well, what was the one communication skill that really helped Pam get to where she is today? What, what might they share with me? I think people would tell you that I was um, very honest and I was um, willing to speak up um, in situations that were challenging um, and that I was um, honest and trustworthy. I think, I think that's, I hope that's what people would say about me. Um, and that I offered a perspective um, that, that brought value um, in the room. And those, those are pieces of um, my career that I've tried to cultivate over time. And I've had to learn it. Um, you know, I've had to learn to not like, again, take that first thought and say, that's the answer. Um, I've had to learn to listen and um, and respect other opinions um, that are in the room, um, because I have always found that those everybody has something to offer that is going to be helpful to mm -hmm. um, whatever effort, project, communication doesn't matter. Um, it's just listening to people and being respectful of that. Um, I think has has been extremely helpful in my career. Um, so. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I would say. And I would also tell people out there who are early in their career and maybe have not yet established um, the reputation that you get to establish over 20 years in one company um, is don't be timid. Um, you know, don't, don't be so timid that you are just there to take an order and go build a communication. Um, granted, you have to, to build a relationship to be able to speak up. But I think speaking up is an important aspect of being a valuable member of a team. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something that I know women struggle with at times. Um, they think, well, I, I need to be careful because if I say that, they're going to think this and so on. And I get it. But over time, you're going to have to learn to be confident and comfortable um, speaking up and sharing your opinion, because I promise you, if you're thinking it, other people in the room are thinking it too. And, and they're going to be grateful that you said something that they just weren't comfortable saying. Absolutely agree. And it's something that I've struggled a lot with, especially early on in my career was speaking up. And it's I've had mm -hmm. feedback before that. Oftentimes I was just too quiet in meetings. Some It's partially my style where I listen, I think through things, and I'm not just going to be the one out there talking for the sake of talking. But yeah, sometimes you do. You need to get outside of your comfort zone a little bit to make sure that you are building that internal brand for the right reasons. And so mm -hmm. if I think of what I heard from you, Pam, honest, trustworthy, willing to, to speak up, open to other people's opinions, perspectives, and then you want to add value, right? 
So you have this, this brand for you, who throughout your career has helped you build that style or that brand, so to speak? Who is somebody that has influenced your communication style? You know, there have been two um, leaders. I mean, I've, I've worked with some really great people. I got to tell you, I mean, I came from a culture that I absolutely loved. Um, and I've worked with so many good people um, at the top levels, all the way, all the way down to, to the front line. Um, and I've loved that. But there are two people that stand out to me as really shaping the kind of leader I became. And that is uh, a guy named Preston Atkinson, who was the CEO um, of the company, and uh, Leonard Mazzocco, who was one of my leaders, actually a couple of times in my career. Hmm. Um, we kind of kept, he, we, we would, we did so many different things. And, um, you know, he, be, he became a COO at one point, then he, he was also in training. So there was all types of ways I interacted with these guys. But, but what I, what I loved about their leadership specifically both Preston and Leonard, but in Preston's case, he taught me that everybody's opinion matters. It doesn't matter what level you are. It doesn't matter what role you play. He understood that listening to the, the um, experiences of every level in the organization and understanding their pain points that they were work, trying to navigate um, would make us better. And he took the time, he had the patience, and he rolled up his sleeves and understood that this um, company won't run as well um, if we don't listen to all mm -hmm. the, the, the people out there and really care about their opinions. And I saw him level the playing field. That's what I call it. He leveled the playing field. And, you know, there, there have been times in my career where I've worked in situations where there were only a few voices that the leader would listen to, right? Just because of level. And I, I think that's such a dangerous way to lead because when that happens, you're not getting a full picture of what is um, what they impact that decision is going to have on the organization. And in Preston's case, he um, made sure that he understood the impact a decision was going to make mm -hmm. by understanding everybody from the top to the front line. And I think that's what made him such a good leader. And it also, um, because I worked directly with him um, on all the communication aspects, both inside and outside the organization, we were able to have great conversations around that. And he taught me to, to um, value and respect all the different opinions that were out there. And it was super helpful. Um, and then my friend, Leonard Mazzocco, just a great guy, great leader. He, um, he was one of those folks that you could, you got to work for, and he really allowed you to do, to, to serve in your role, to do your job and to encourage you. He also was one of those people that took the time to um, build the relationships with people and sit down and ask them about their families and ask them about how things were going and truly being curious um, and truly caring about these folks. And I, I learned a lot from him and, and the way he led. And I think that um, those, those two, two guys really influenced um, the way I led and I, I respected the way they, they led the company. That's so cool to hear. And as you were talking through that, it 
really reminded me of some relationships that I've had with leaders and mentors from throughout my career. And especially I spent over a decade at a large organization where I moved around a lot and there'll be times mm-hmm. like, oh, we're working together again. And then a couple of years, <laughs> oh, look at that. We're back together again. Yeah. Uh, so it always is fun to have those types of long lasting relationships. But the thing that that really jumped out to me when you're talking about the CEO of the organization was really being inclusive when it came to who he was listening to. And not just from a sense of maybe he had a diverse leadership team, but kind of that diversity of the levels of the organization where you are asking questions, how you're listening, how you're implementing feedback. It's just so important. And it's something that, as you mentioned, a lot of leaders fall into that trap of they just have their trusted team of two or three people that they go to that are typically senior leaders within the organization, but really not valuing the opinions that are coming out from everyone in the organization because of all of their shared experiences that they bring to the table from life and prior jobs. There's a gold mine there that really needs to be tapped into that a lot of people are missing out on. You know, and and that's something else um, I think could be valuable to your leaders is that going back to processes and systems, the larger your organization gets, the harder it is to bring people together to collaborate um, to really make those decisions together. And that's where processes and systems come in. And, and now there will be people that go, "Ugh, that's going to take too long. That's micromanaging and so on. I, I would disagree with that. Um, mm-hmm. I think there is a way to collaborate on a project. There is a way to collaborate um, on a message. There's a, there's, there's a way to do it that um, you are representing those levels you are getting those voices in the room and those processes hold people accountable to ensuring the collaboration occurs because you, as you get bigger and bigger as a company, every leader that you have, and I mean, I'm not talking about the top 10, I'm talking about every leader in your organization may not be inclined to go over and talk to the marketing guy or talk to the guy in operations or understand how that decision is going to impact training or really understand how these things all work together because why it's going to take too long. And so when that happens, that's when um, the collaboration and the communication starts to break down. But if you have systems that ensure people come together, ensure people collaborate, then it, it won't, it won't start to erode, but if you don't have that, it's kind of up to the leader's style, whether or not they're going to go talk cross-functionally to the other folks in the, in the company. And that's where I think um, you get on a slippery slope. You'll get a decision, but it may not be the best decision for the company. And quite honestly, with all the technology that's available today, that enables those types of communications and collaborations, there really is no excuse for not communicating up, down, and across the organization. Pam, as we are wrapping up here, what closing piece of advice would you have to somebody listening to this, whether they're maybe fresh out of college, entering the job force, maybe they're coming out of school, starting their own business, they're an entrepreneur, mid-career, ready to make a hard left, completely change tracks. What advice would you have to them around the importance of the skills that we discussed today? I have seen great leaders 
who were so good in their field, say they were great operators, they were great financial guys, um, they were great marketers, but it, for some of them, they didn't have the communication skills they needed to actually um, propel their careers. I think communication um, for yourself and communication within an organization uh, are critical to to the to the way your career will um, will either excel or not. Um, learning how to communicate your ideas, learning how to collaborate with others, learning how to um, ensure that people are on the same page um, is so, so important. Um, and I would say that the other bigger piece of advice I would give is remember that in everything you're doing, large or small, you are representing your brand, you're representing that brand's culture, you're representing that brand on the inside and the outside of your organization. So to be respectful of that, um, to be mindful of that, and know that your job as a communicator is really one that's so much more important than that, that message on a piece of paper. Um, the purpose behind that message is really about building a brand that, that your employees and your customers and your suppliers or your franchisees, whoever is part of that organization, can be proud of. And as a communicator, I think we're the gatekeepers on that. And I think it's a fun, fun job. Um, and finding the right organization to do that for um, is, is something that um, will be uh, something that they will learn to love if they can find the right organization to do that in. That is fantastic advice. Pam, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I think the audience will get a lot out of this and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Scott. It was fun. Take care. A special thanks again to my guest, Pam Nemec. Pam's insights on how the first answer often isn't the best one and why you should dig deeper with questions and listening is crucial for maximizing results. Often, if you move too quickly, you're going to miss something or even solve for the wrong issue. If you are looking to improve your communication skills, be sure to subscribe to Communicast so that you can continue to learn from my guests with each new episode. And if you have found value in the show, leaving us a rating or review would be appreciated. Thanks and have a great day.